0: Hey, man, well, I'm going to jump right in since we're a little later. A um, couple of weeks ago, um, I shared about uh, salt and light. Everybody remember that? Um, and, and, you know, it's what, what I shared about salt and light were from the very words of Jesus, right? Matthew 5. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. This is Jesus talking to us, right? Last time I I talked about salt and light, I, I shared about some of the properties of salt and light. And I talked about how essential salt is to life itself. Without salt, the fluid... Uh, the fluids in our bodies would not be kept in proper balance. Um, we I talked about salt and how it penetrates. If you take just a pinch of salt and you put it in just a glass of water, it penetrates and it permeates the entire glass of water. You know, and I talked about how salt promotes flavor. You know, just as salt lends its flavor to food. We as Christians are supposed to be lending flavor to life. And I shared about how salt preserves. You know, salt, before there was refrigeration, before, you know, we had freezers and refrigerators and all that good stuff, salt was the thing we used to preserve food. Salt has this ability to hold back corruption and to stop decay and rot from happening. Salt also has a medicinal quality. Remember, it it can purify. It it, it can actually cleanse and heal, even though it stings when it goes in. I also talked about light, and I talked about how essential light is to life. You know, the, the light of the sun literally powers our food chain. Light also reveals. I talked about how light brings revelation. It, sometimes it's, it's negative feeling revelation because it's exposing sin. Sometimes it's positive exposing, like bringing truth to our lives. Light has this power to overcome darkness. Darkness can't overcome light. You light a match, darkness goes away. Only when you have a windstorm does light go away. <laughs> John 1.5, right? It speaks of Christ and it says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. I love how uh, the RSV says it. <coughs> it says the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Light overcomes darkness. And the final kind of big idea that I shared a couple of weeks ago uh, was that salt and light are primarily for out in the world. Not in here. It's not that we don't talk about truth and we don't live truth and we don't speak truth in here. But this light and salt lifestyle that Jesus called us to he said you are the salt of the earth you are the light of the world you're not the salt of the sanctuary not the light of the Bible study and that again was because this place this building that we gather in for a couple hours a week this is the base of ministry It is not the primary place of ministry. We've done a terrible thing in Christianity. We've given you the full Christian experience in two hours and duped you into believing you're doing great at Christianity. You get Bible, you get worship, you get prayer, you get fellowship. You know, all the four essentials that they had in Acts, all of that, we're practicing it all right here. We've been deceived in thinking, I'm a great Christian because I sat and watched all of that happen to me for a couple hours, one day a week. Salt of the earth, light of the world. Today, I want to I wanna actually talk about how do we practically, what does, mean, what does it mean to be salt and light? I believe that the Bible, it clearly defines what living as salt and light really means. I believe the Bible clearly teaches us that salt is speech and our behavior is light. Our words are the salt and our lifestyle is the light. Let's read Matthew 5 again. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Jesus just described what it means to be light. Right there. He said, let your light shine before men so that they can see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Now, this isn't the first time we've heard this this concept of, of shining. You know, this isn't the first time we're told to shine like light. We have it in Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1. It says, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and His glory appears over you. And nations will come to your light, and kings to you, the brightness of your dawn. Now, if you read two verses before this passage, the prophet Isaiah declares that the Redeemer is coming to Zion. And He's coming for those who repent of their sins. And then Isaiah, he tells us also that God is making a covenant with us and that his Holy Spirit and his words will never depart from us. And then he hits us with Isaiah 60. Arise and shine for your light has come. Now, every single person on the earth has a unique light that needs to shine. Say amen. Amen. And when we repent of our sins and we give our life to God, the glory light of Jesus mixes with the redeemed light that we were born with. And when that happens, fireworks start to explode. (laughs) Cue Katy Perry. (laughs) Baby, you'll refine your work. Are you looking this up, Ash? I need a YouTube video. When your redeemed light is fueled by the glory light of Jesus, people will see your good deeds and they will praise our Father in heaven. Philippians chapter 2. It says, do everything without complaining or arguing. Let's read that together. One, two, three, go. Do everything without complaining or arguing. Let's hear it from the younger half of the generation. One, two, three. Do everything without complaining or arguing. (sighs) We're going to make this a plaque at my house. (laughs) So... So that you become blameless and pure children of God, without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. Amen. Now, everyone notice the first word in this is what? Do. Do. Doing is something that we see. That's why Paul says when we do everything without complaining, without arguing, we shine like stars. You realize that fireworks and stars, they actually are more brilliant against a darker sky. That's why we wait till 10 o'clock to start fireworks in Newcastle. It's almost dark enough. Thank you, Daylight Savings. Jesus said, be the light of the world. Isaiah says, your light has come. When our redeemed light, it mixes with the glory light of Jesus, everyone should be able to see it. Everyone should see it. In fact, Isaiah says that even nations and kings should be coming to this light. How does that even happen? I have a few ideas. I think it happens when we build some kind of new invention. I think it happens when we create works of art. I think it happens when we come up with maybe a new and effective way to do business. I know those are some grandiose things. Well, Tom, I'm not an artist. I'm not a business guy. I don't have inventions thinking in my brain. But I also think it happens when we provide a home-cooked meal for our neighbor. I think it happens when we love our neighbor just like ourselves. I think it happens when we lay down our lives for one another. You know, whether it's extreme innovation and creativity or just loving every other person every day really well, your light has to shine. And God says that nations and kings will come to it. Your redeemed light plus the glory of God means you get to be a star. Not a YouTube one or an Insta-Sham one, <laughs> a real star, That's right. one in God's kingdom. And then Abba, he gets all of the deserved praise he was supposed to get. That's right. You know, when I was younger and I was in the Boy Scouts, we had to memorize the Scout Oath, the Scout Law, the Scout Motto, and the Scout Slogan. I think I could still do them all if I had to right now. But the scout slogan that we had to memorize was, Do a good turn daily. You know, another way to say that is to do a good deed daily. I like how Hebrews says it, especially in chapter 10, verse 24. It says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love, and good deeds. So question, when was the last time you sat down and you just thought and considered about how to stir up and motivate someone to love and do a good deed? When was the last time you considered how to stir yourself up? to love and do some kind of good deed because your light depends on it you know if you spend no time thinking about how to love others with good deeds you're taking your light and you're putting a bowl over it i got nothing to show No one will see you. You know, I talk to people, a lot of times, people who are unemployed, underemployed, they want a better job. And when they ask me what they can do, you know, after they've done everything they know to do, what can I do? I don't have a job, Tom. I want a job. I want a better job. I I tell them that it's good idea to make your job to serve others. That's right. If you want to get really he- uh, fast help from heaven, if you want to get the attention of heaven for assistance when it comes to gainful employment, get off your hiney and do something good for someone else That's right. who needs it. I don't know anybody who needs something. Uh, Come talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) Come talk to Eric. Come talk to. (laughs) We've got a list. People who need some good deeds. There are people everywhere who need help. There are people who live next door to you, across the street from you, at your business. If everyone who was just not fully employed would go out and do good deeds for free to some people who needed it, I'm quite sure we might have a revival. I mean, what would happen if we just did the Boy Scout slogan? That's based on Hebrews 10:24. What would happen to our lost city? If we made it our goal to just do a good deed every day, now I want to look at a statement that Paul made in Colossians. You know, Paul makes the same connection that Jesus did when it comes to salt and light, um, but it says it, he says it a little, just a little differently in Colossians chapter four. He says, be wise. Say that out loud. Be wise. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. This means people who's not related to you. People you're in close community with. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation Be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. You know, when Paul says to be wise in the way you act toward others and outsiders, he's telling us to mind our light. Our actions, our behaviors, they are the light that we are shining on others. The way you do business, the way you treat your employees, the way you live out loud on social media, the way you behave at school, in band, in choir, in sports. Paul's telling us mind your light. And in verse 6, he says, let our conversation be full of grace, seasoned with salt. And as I stated before, when Jesus said, be light, he was referring to our actions, our deeds, and our behaviors. But here in Colossians, Paul is expanding on what Jesus meant when he said that we are the salt of the earth. Paul says, our words are to be seasoned with salt. When we are living like salt, our speech and our conversations and our words are to be full of grace. Grace. Now, there's some words here in verse 6 worth looking at just a little closer. And the first word is grace. Paul says our conversation should be full of grace. And so this is the Greek word chariti. And it means that which affords joy, pleasure, delight, sweetness, charm, and loveliness. Our conversations are supposed to be full of this stuff. And not only full of pleasure and delight, but they are to be seasoned with salt. And this word salt here, it is the Greek word halati. And it doesn't mean the kind of salt that makes food taste better. And for me, a lot of it makes my food taste better. Anyone else get asked why they salt their pizza? Just me. Yummy, yum, yum. That's why my system's always so balanced, because I have that (laughs) salt that permeates and penetrates every part of me. No, this halati, (laughs) this salt that we're referring to is this Greek word halati, and it means it is the salt that is wisdom and grace, wisdom and grace that's demonstrated in our speech. So, if we were to restate Colossians 4-5, we could say it this way. Mind your light and be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of pleasure, delight, sweetness, charm, and loveliness, seasoned with grace and wisdom so that you may know how to answer Everyone. Let me ask you some questions. Here are some questions that are in the Bible. Let's see how many of these you could answer with wise words. This is a question in John 4 25. How will we know that the Messiah has come? What is truth? What must I do to be saved? By what authority do you drive out demons and heal the sick? What must I do to inherit eternal life? Who's Jesus? What must we be doing to be doing the works of God? And how does a young person stay pure in their heart? Here's some other questions that aren't in the Bible, but they deserve an answer that's filled with wisdom and grace. If God is good, why did he create the devil? Why is there so much evil in the world? Why does God send people to hell? How do you know the Bible is true? Is being a nice and good person adequate to go to heaven? Don't all religions lead to heaven? You know, Peter tells us in 1 Peter 3.15, he says, In your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Quite different than what we see on social media these days. There's no pleasant le- pleasantness. There's no gentleness. It's just yelling. We have to be soul of the earth Christians. And I know I've I've overstated this many times, but we live in a time where we are inundated and we are overwhelmed with an abundance of words. Online, social media. We are listening to and sharing more words now than at any point in human history. If there was ever a time for us to have our speech seasoned with salt and grace. Now's the time. Here's your sign. I'm waving the flag. It's begun. Now, these hard questions, they're out there. There are tough topics that need addressing. There are lots of confused people walking around this planet that need speech that is filled with grace and salt. And when we don't have answers to these questions, then guess what? We have to go to Jesus, we go to our Bible. You see, the one who told you to be salt, he promises to equip you with these words that are seasoned with salt. Luke 21. Before all this, they will, hand, they will lay hands on you and persecute you. They will deliver you to synagogues and prisons and cancel culture. You'll be put uh, before kings and governors and all on account for my name. This will result in you being witnesses to them. But make up in your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourself. For I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. You will be betrayed even by your parents. Even by your brothers, your relatives and friends. And they will put some of you to death. All men will hate you because of me. What, Jesus? Is that one of my top 50 promises from the Lord? (laughs) All men will hate you because of me, but not a hair of your head will perish. By standing firm, you will gain life. See, this is a promise from Jesus himself. That Jesus will give you the words to say whatever they are and whatever they need to be to the degree that the word of God lives inside your heart. That's the caveat. Col- let's, Colossians 3.16 tells us, says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. There's that word. As you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. The Holy Spirit can pour out an abundance of wisdom from your lips when he has a treasury of the word of God living inside you to pull from salt of the earth Christians are preparing themselves to answer everyone by depositing the Bible into their heart. Your words, they will be full of wisdom when they are infused with the truth of God's word. All your bright ideas, they all came up by yourself. Let me let you know something. This is an inside secret. Most of it isn't that great? <laughs> Proverbs 16, 21. The wise in heart are called discerning, and pleasant words promote instruction. Understanding is a fountain of life to those who have it, but folly brings punishment to fools. A wise man's heart guides his mouth. And his lips promote instruction. Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and leading, or healing to the bones. See, the single greatest way to identify a Christian who is the salt of the earth kind of Christian, is by the wise words that comes out of their mouth. Many, many, many Christians. Love to talk. Lots and lots of words. Talk, 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 talk. But it's only the ones who speak with wisdom and grace that are actually the salt of the earth. You know, I love what was said about Jesus after he spoke in the temple one day. It says in Luke 4, it says, all spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son they asked? You know, when was the last time someone was amazed by the gracious and wise words that came out of your mouth? That's a real question for all of us. You know, one of the major reasons Christianity is suffering a setback is because of one really big word, integrity. That's right. You know, not only is God looking for Christians who speak truth and wisdom and grace, the world is looking for those people too. Jesus was a delight to everyone except the religious leaders. I mean, just think about it, when you meet one of those kind of people, I mean, isn't it a delight? Isn't it a delight when you meet that person who say what they mean and they do what they say? I mean, it's like, (gasps) who are you? It's those people who, by the grace of God, have worked hard at making their words mean something. Those people who consistently do that which they say they will do. And I'm not just talking about the big stuff. I'm talking about everyday stuff. Little stuff that we consistently follow through with. Those people who live that way, they are a breath of fresh air. Those people are salt and light. Psalm 34. Verse 8, it says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. The goodness of God is revealed in your speech and in your behavior. Father God wants the whole world to taste his goodness. And he wants people to see his goodness people in the world experience the goodness of God through us we all like to just pray oh God help them do something for them bless them just don't use me I don't want to get involved he's like no you you're it salt light Salt, light, salt, light, you're the one, you're the revealer of God's goodness. What are we going to tell the lost about Jesus? What are we saying with our lives and our words about the goodness of Abba, Father? How are you telling others about the overwhelming presence of the Holy Spirit? Why do you think the kingdom of hell is trying to silence Christians in education and in business and in politics and in entertainment and in media? Why do you think that is? Because Satan knows that if uh, faith comes by hearing, hearing comes by the word of the Lord. Satan knows if he can bully our youth in the schools to be quiet and they don't, you know, even when they don't have to be. He knows he wins. The devil knows uh, if he can bully us at work and put fear in our heart that you'll lose your job if you talk too much about Jesus. He wins. The enemy knows that if we uh, can convince, you know, that he, if he can convince a national leader to ride the fence on moral issues because he'll have a better chance of winning an election, he knows. Though it, and he wins. Hell is scared to death by what we, the salt of the earth, sons and daughters of God, would say. Satan lives in dread of what one fearless lover of God might declare about the goodness of God. The world needs to taste that the Lord is good. And the way that the world, that people see that the Lord is good, it is in our behaviors. It's in our actions. It is in our lifestyle. It is in the deeds that we do. So let me ask you, how are you living out the wisdom of Father God right now? In what ways are you displaying the sacrificial life of Jesus? How is your life demonstrating the awesome power of the Holy Spirit? Hell does not want the world to see the light of Jesus being lived out in any sphere of society. And it's because demons are scared of the light that lives inside you. You know, the only way that demons and the kingdom of darkness can bully us with fear and get us to cower inside this little building is when we're empty of God's word and we are ignorant of the light that lives inside of us. Church, if God is for us, who can be against us? So I want to give you a moment here with the Holy Spirit. Clayton, if you would, go ahead and just put on some instrumental light music. I want us to just have a moment with the Holy Spirit. Just close your eyes. You know, I've asked you several questions today. But right now, I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, speak to us about being salt and light. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to bring the measuring stick of Jesus Christ to our minds. And with wisdom and with grace. Speak to us right now. Turn our hearts, God. Wherever the Lord's correcting you, just repent. Just apply the blood of Jesus to it. And where shame is trying to shut you down right now, you just tell it to go in Jesus' name. Tell fear to leave your life. Tell it to get out in Jesus' name. I want you to make a new commitment. Just, just commit yourself again to being salt and light. Father, we repent for neglecting our calling. We repent for neglecting the words of Jesus. We ask, Father, for wisdom, grace to be poured out on us, God. That our speech would be seasoned with salt and grace and wisdom, loveliness pleasantness pleasantness god forgive us for being stuck in this building and in our homes for not thinking about and spurring each other towards good deeds forgive us for the excuse that i'm too busy to help and do th- something Help us, God, with the light of heaven to shine through us every day. We ask this in Jesus' name. is what I'd like you to do this week where does God want you to show your light this week how does the father want you to be better prepared with wise and graceful words to answer some of life's difficult questions. Where do you need to repent for not being sold in life? How are you going to be different after today's message? And then I want you to go with, I want you to talk with your family and share how, what are you going to commit to do as a result? Of today's message. Will you do that? Be doers of the word. That's how your light's going to shine. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for light and salt, and we thank you for your word that if we fill ourselves with it, God, we will have so much to give the, the world. So I pray this week, God, that we will take our action steps and we will apply this message, God, that we won't just sit and be entertained, but we will be living by whatever you spoke to our heart, God. So I just set apart this day and this week, God, be with all of our family and friends who are watching online, as well as everyone here in the house. God, keep us safe. God, we pray, break the back of this COVID-19 in Jesus' name. Break the back of this disease, this, this infirmity, God. We Just speak death to it again. For those who are sick and in the hospital, God, we're saying speedy recovery in Jesus' name speedy healing in Jesus' name. Lungs, you come back to full force and full effect in Jesus' name. We Declare breakthrough in Jesus' name. Now, church, get out of this building and go be breakthrough in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a beautiful week.